From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. This is indeed The Conspiracy Show. Congratulations, you found us. Now, come on inside, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. You are among friends. A trans-clairvoyant spiritual healer, author, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is standing by, Canada's Edgar Casey, uh, to talk about the resurrection mystery, Christ consciousness and Jesus as avatar. Uh, just a reminder, the Bilderbergs, my next event, it's a uh, an exclusive featuring investigative reporter Daniel Estulin, and that's happening Sunday, April the 17th from 4 to 8 p.m. at the University of Toronto, J.J.R. McLeod Auditorium. Uh, Daniel will present his new documentary film, Bilderberg, the movie, followed by a 90-minute lecture. And for more details on how to order tickets, uh, just go to the live events page at strangeplanet.ca. Strangeplanet.ca. You can order tickets right there online or order them over the phone at 416-916-1696. Bilderberg's with Daniel Estulin. Sunday, April 17th, University of Toronto. Hope to see you there. Uh, incidentally, uh, I've posted a, a new video trailer uh, for the event, which you can see by visiting our YouTube channel for The Conspiracy Show. Uh, and you can also find it on my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. And uh, Daniel Estulin, incidentally, will be on the program next week uh, for a bit of a, a sneak peek of his presentation coming up on the 17th. And Daniel, again, a Pulitzer Prize nominee, also nominated for a Nobel Prize for all his work investigating the Bilderbergs, and he's addressed parliaments all over the world and met with world leaders, including uh, Fidel Castro. He'll tell you all about that at the event. Uh, Albert and I have posted our usual assortment of tantalizing tidbits in the slide carousel. Just go to strangeplanet.ca. That's the landing page, and then from there you can click on the radio page for The Conspiracy Show. And at the top is the slide carousel. So if you're interested in robots and the race towards artificial intelligence, I think you'll enjoy an article from sciencealert.com, which is asking the fundamental question of what exactly is consciousness and can we replicate it? Uh, And then it explores whether or not robot consciousness could be on the horizon. Uh, And in a a frightening and disturbing expose from intellihub.com, about the privatization of government-sponsored cyber-stalking and how the FBI and the NSA outsource their harassment of targeted targeted individuals and watch-listed individuals to private firms. Again, those are just two of the feature articles Albert, my story producer, and I have posted uh, on the slide carousel. Go to strangeplanet.ca, click on the radio page of The Conspiracy Show, and again, the slide carousel is right there at the top. Okay, let's talk about the mysticism of the Easter season. Douglas James Cottrell, Ph.D., is best known as a trans clairvoyant. He's a spiritual healer, teacher, published author who demonstrates many abilities studied by noetic sciences, including clairvoyance, telepathy, energy healing, remote viewing, prediction, and prophecy. He's one of a select few able to demonstrate all of these abilities and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. Dr. Douglas Cottrell teaches people the world over about spiritual development through the practice of meditation and the application of spiritual principles in daily life. Douglas, James Cottrell, how are you, my friend? 
Uh, I'm fine tonight. Thank you very much for having me on this show. It's always a pleasure. Now, before we begin to talk about uh, Easter, the Easter season, the resurrection, uh, Jesus Christ, and so forth, I do want to uh, harken back to a previous show uh, when you made a, uh, a prediction about you know Hillary Clinton would end up in the White House, and of course it looks like she's going to be the uh, the nominee. Uh, you know, unless there's some, you know, tremendous unforeseen circumstance, like she ends up in jail. I don't know, but uh, not a popular, a popular prediction um, in certain camps. But uh, you know, it's, it's looking pretty good at the moment. Yeah, it's true. I made that years ago. I think even before she was a senator, I first made that prediction when I was in Rhode Island. And uh, the number one criticism of myself on the internet, as I'm told by my staff is that I have predicted that Hillary Clinton will be the next president of the United States of America. Now, I'm a Canadian. I don't, I, you know, I don't get the vote, but that seems to be the big criticism. She will be uh, the president. And I think on the Coast to Coast show, we kind of headed up way, way, way back, uh, sort of uh, headed up who the Republican candidate was going to be. It looks like it's going to be Mr. Trump as well. So right. Two of them will probably tee off. I guess that was over a year ago we made that prediction. Uh, that it we, was. Uh, it was. Uh, although Trump's road to the nomination is getting bumpier and bumpier, it looks like the uh, the uh, the GOP establishment is going to they're going to do anything and everything to uh, uh, to prevent him from from getting that nomination. However, we are uh, heading into the Easter season, so I wanted to talk to you. Uh, first of all, we have discussed this, I think, in the past, and that is as a remote viewer. Have you ever had occasion to remote view the crucifixion? Yes, I've done uh, those uh, quantum meditations where we have uh, been able to look back in time and actually see what went on. Uh, my friend Ross Peterson, who was my mentor, uh, called the new Edgar Casey in the book by Alan Spraggett, actually told me I was there. Uh, in a previous incarnation, my name was Zebedee, and uh, um, I always felt close to Christ. As a matter of fact, I even felt envious that he was able to do what he did uh, in a nice way. I don't, I don't mean envy in a bad way. And uh, I, uh, when, uh, when the idea about how the crucifixion happened with the ropes and the T-bar rather than a cross, the idea that it was a... Uh, torturous execution of suffocation, uh, that the whole idea was uh, that the person's weight would, uh, their body would cave over, they couldn't breathe, and they would have to force themselves to stand up uh, painfully with that spike in their ankles uh, so they could breathe, and then, of course, they would, they would give in to the uh, torture again and collapse. And the ropes were used to pull them up over back, over top of the T-bar, uh, that this was a uh, very painful situation. And why they broke the legs of the condemned men at the end was so that they couldn't push themselves up. Right, to hasten the death, to hasten death, so they, exactly. they, would, they would asphyxiate. But of course, which is interesting because, uh, well, the, the Shroud of Turin, the, uh, the image on the shroud, there indicates that that Christ's legs and and many believe that that was his image on the shroud. The leg was not broken because when they when they when the Roman centurion stuck the uh, the lance into the side of Christ uh, and and produced uh, thoracic bleeding, which was water mixed with blood, indicating that he was already dead. There was no need to break his his uh, his legs, which is interesting. And, uh... And one of the predictions as to how he was going to, how the Messiah was going to die, 
the whole idea, though, the, all those details in the uh, uh, accounts in the Bible of how Jesus went through this uh, crucifixion are specific and and indeed important to analyze. And one of them is that his legs weren't broken. And as you said, the, the uh, Shroud of Turin is, is a demonstration that that person who was crucified, with all the marks on the forehead as the crown of thorns, the, the bleeding in the back of the hands, you know, the spikes weren't put through the palm. They were put through the wrists. Right. The, the weight of a person cannot be held by the, an inch in a hand. So all those marks that were on the Shroud of Turin were indicative of what was the account of this possibly highly probably was the uh, uh was the shroud that covered the jesus to christ and when uh in research i did it was how did it not become unmarked you know when they would they unravel the body because it would have been the blood would have uh, coagulated and there would have been more disturbance if it were if you will and the uh the reason i bring that up is that Jesus, when he ascended, uh, dematerialized, if I can use that term, his atom separated, and he floated up through the shroud. And in the Bible, it's recounted that uh, Mary outside the tomb, uh, I believe, Mary Martha, uh, said, uh, you know, he said, don't touch me, I've not been made whole yet. And what he meant is that he hasn't, you know, the body hadn't come back together yet, it hadn't been uh, reconstruct, if you will, at that, that atomic level. So, again, the idea that he floated up, uh, dematerialized as part of this resurrection process, there's more evidence uh, as to what happened. Right, right. That he wasn't made whole. Yeah, I, I mean, I, after, and I've studied the Shroud for, for many years and, and talked to some top researchers in the mm-hmm. field, and, and uh, to me, what makes the most sense is that the image on the Shroud, it's not paint, it's not scorched, uh, it seems to be the result of a, a radiation a- event. Would you agree Which, with that? Yes, exactly. Why his? I, I believe you know extrapolating it to spontaneous combustion, and I don't want I don't want to talk about that too much. But that is the same type of thing that happened with uh, with this huge heat, this radiation of the cells dematerializing, or 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 that that I guess that. Uh, that shock, if I can call it that, when they when it that would have heated up and would in, and uh, put that image on the on the implanted that image or or stain the image on there. Yes, I absolutely agree. Doctor Douglas James Cottrell, remote viewer, clairvoyant, intuitive, medical he, uh, medical intuitive, and healer, uh, published author, of course, speaker. Um, now, how do you, as a um, as a uh, as a remote viewer, as a, uh, a medical intuitive, and all of these disciplines that you bring uh, to this to this uh, discussion, and how do you view uh, the resurrection? Okay. Well, let's summarize my ability as just being clairvoyant. Okay, and uh, that means clear seeing, and in a higher level of consciousness. Um, we're able to see more. We become self-aware. Uh, we become fully aware. We become self-realized and fully realized. These are all stages or steps that we all take to develop our spiritual abilities or gifts. And so the resurrection in a metaphysical spiritual sense is a demonstration that we are on a uh, path that leads us to that ultimate realization, that resurrection of ourself as a spiritual being in a physical form. And a more uh, common term for that is avatar. 
a spiritual being in a physical body. And certainly there have been many avatars in history. The, the, the latest one that I know of would be Satya Sai Baba uh, in India who's passed away. The, the point being is that in viewing the resurrection, it is, as all the stories in the Bible uh, are there for a reason of our spiritual progression, the Red Sea is a story, is a time when there's no place else to go, just trust and have faith and go ahead. Job on the ash pile is that you come to that lesson when all your material wealth, your friends and family, that's not the sustaining trust. The trust is in God. And so you, if you put yourself, your trust and your faith in things, they're going to abandon you. Uh, these stories throughout the Bible are showing us our spiritual progression. And each one of those stories happens to us along our spiritual progression while we're here to the point of the resurrection, which is basically the old self dies. That part of you that commits uh, transgressions, that gives in to uh, temptations, uh, the selfish hedonism side of, our, of you, the physical mundane self, that dies. And when it dies, you lose that desire for material things. You begin to find the higher, more permanent things of the spiritual world and the influences of the higher dimensions or God. So the resurrection is basically a death of the old self, the ego, if you will, the personality, that, you know, dark side, if I can call it that, of, of human nature. And you become more aware and self-realized and become fully realized. And your resurrection is basically the new you. We're going to go into a, a break here, uh, Douglas. But before we do, let me ask you a quick question, get a quick response. But as a remote viewer, you were there. So there, uh, we're not talking metaphorically here. The, the, resur the, the crucifixion, resurrection, as you have remote viewed it, is an historical fact. Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right. We will uh, take a time out, come back, and uh, continue to talk with remote viewer, clairvoyant, medical intuitive, Dr. James Douglas Cottrell, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now. 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. We are back with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, and uh, tell us a little bit about the center out there in Hamilton Beach. Okay, we founded, uh, my wife, my family, and I have founded the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center. Uh, you can check it out on the website, mmsci.org. Again, Mini Mansion Spiritual Center, Inc. It's a, uh, a nonprofit organization. We do spiritual healing there. We practice all the spiritual gifts recounted in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, dream interpretation, uh, communication with higher divine beings, angels, and the like. And also it's a progression of, uh, through the spiritual gifts, of one becoming fully realized. So we teach those things, we demonstrate them, and recently we have now a uh, integrated health center developed in the basement where people are, are putting together, therapists are putting together these uh, marvelous therapies to help people uh, get physically better but the center is primarily a spiritual center it sits on top of a spiritual vortex bigger better than the one in arizona in sedona arizona it's a naturally occurring vortex because the center sits on the beach boulevard which is out in the out in the lake between lake ontario one side and the hamilton harbor and the other and the strata or whatever's under that 
area seems to cause a spiritual, creative, healing vortex energy. And people who come there can feel it. Not just because we say it, they can feel it. And we do miracle healing there where people are instantly cured, healed, if you will, through prayer and healing touch of their uh, physical sufferings and also financially, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually uh, healing takes place as well. We don't claim anything, we don't uh, promise anything, and we don't charge any money. What, what are the physics behind the healings that you perform? Is it the same, is it the same technique that, that Jesus was, was in fact utilizing? Has to be. Uh, that energy that we have within ourselves, and I could say life force, I could say chi energy, I could say kundalini energy, all those names from the various spiritual organizations in the world, the great religions of the world, if you will, have different names for it. But that energy is a creative energy. And Jesus was able to, uh, Jesus the Christ, as I prefer to call him, was able to cause matter to change, a withered hand to unfold. Uh, the miracle of the crippled man at the well. Uh, that was a testament that when you do get a healing, don't go around bragging about it, just accept your healing and remember that you have a purpose for a disease. That particular man's story was a, uh, was there, if you will, crippled all that time and Jesus instantly healed him or he was relieved of his uh, sin or his difficulty, his karma, whatever term you like to use. And he got up and walked around. And all the townspeople said, hey, what happened? Aren't you that fellow down by the well? And they said, yes. Who did it? And they said, that fellow Jesus over there. And then they all went after Jesus and chased him out of town. So the point being is that there was a purpose for that. That man was a demonstration of uh, Jesus the Christ's ability. Now, to answer the question directly, yes, the heat comes out of my hands also, there's energy that comes out of my, my chest, my heart chakra, or heart. Uh, the seven churches in the, in the Bible refer to the seven chakras, the same thing. And my whole body becomes a, uh, a tuning fork, if I can put that, with healing energy. My aura expands, and people can see these things. I'm not just making this up. And they can feel it. And sometimes people are shocked by this energy to the point they become woozy or dizzy or they even fall down at the Miracle Transformation events. And we're having one in Toronto on April the 2nd at the uh, Holiday Inn in Toronto, and people I've been going there for years have had that same experience where they feel that energy, and instantly they're relieved of some ache or pain. Now, in some people it's varying degrees. Incrementally they get better, but in some cases, and a lot of the time, it's instantly done the same is all those uh, uh, stories in the Bible. You remember where Jesus was walking in a crowd and a lady touched him, touched his gown, and he immediately turned around and said, Who touched me? I could feel virtue coming out of my body. This energy was coming through him, going out of his body and caused healing in someone else's. And, I, and a very basic way of saying it is it's like a, a battery that's been, uh, that's lost its charge. A stronger battery comes by you you boost the weaker battery and instantly it, it's enlivened and it's able to function and, and keeps on charging itself up. The same way with a spiritual body, I think we are, sorry, with a physical body, I think the spiritual forces affect the atoms and the uh, cells in the body in the same manner. It improves them. The same if you take it to the extreme that we were talking about a minute ago, that the cells of Jesus' body were able to separate 
and ascends. Right. Now, in, in um, I think it's John fourteen twelve, uh, Jesus said, uh, "Very uh, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these." What do you think he meant by that? Exactly what it means. It means if you believe in the Christ consciousness, if you believe uh, that there is, uh, you know, a um, spiritual side of you, a soul, and that he demonstrated, he was the example. When he says, you believe in me, it's not really he the man that you have to believe in. It's that you believe in the Christ consciousness, the spiritual essence, your high self or your soul, that part of you that is good. It's the spirit inside of you that decides to do good. And if you believe in the good, then you can do spiritual healing. Physically, you can relieve uh, people from all kinds of suffering, even if they're not in the same place you are. We have a We Will Pray For You program at Many Mansions Spiritual Center where people send us emails through the website and make prayer requests. And we're able to, with prayers, because you always have to ask, you have free will and free choice, you have to ask for uh, a, a benefit, a, a relief, if you will. And that energy goes out to people. And when we do this in the center, I tell people, look at the clock. It's quarter after three. When you get home, call up your mummy in Saskatchewan and see if she felt something at three o'clock. And usually the person is, if they were depressed or in bed, they're up singing, cooking in the kitchen, doing something, and they can go back and say, exactly, a quarter after three, I felt this. This energy is exactly the same. Jesus was the example. Jesus was uh, was the first one, if I can put it that way. It showed us our way to enlightenment and that spiritual abilities, prophecy, uh, prophetic dreams, interpreting dreams, being able, as he did, to talk to angels, and he he knew a lot about anatomy, and being able to do spiritual healing is something that shows a person's progression. Now, he was able to do it without doubt. And you remember one of the stories, he admonished his disciples, and he said, oh, you men of little faith, when they brought, I think it was the legions man who was called legions because he was possessed of many demons. Even demons, dark forces are out there. They're in the astral plane. I call them astral plane uh, entities, and I prefer to call them munchkins, if you will. <laughs> What's the idea there? If you give them a kind of an innocuous name, they're they're less threatening, or that's right. I, uh, they are not. Uh, they are not powerful at all. They are they are fearful uh, of the light. And when I look at somebody, if there's an attachment, and I can see that little face hiding in somebody's aura behind their head, and I can see them, they run away. They are afraid of being exposed. They are afraid of light. The last thing you want to do to to deal with these entities is to fear them because it empowers them. So I call them munchkins, and uh, elementals is another term I use. And they basically scatter, they go away. They do attach. There are the astral plane, which is, there's several heavens. Our Mormon friends would say five. Our Hindu friends would say 15. Uh, the Catholics would say three, heaven, hell, and purgatory. So the point being is that there are different consciousness or levels out there, and I'm not here to teach or, or, or profess what they are, but there are levels of consciousness or heavens. And these lower entities, uh, this is where they hang out. These are earthbound entities and why you see uh, why the phenomena of ghosts or ghost people, as I like to call them, are prominent because these are earthbound people. They haven't realized that there's higher dimensions in which they ultimately will ascend to 
whether it's a low heaven or a high heaven depends on how much good they did. But yes, I, I give them names so you don't fear them. And they are, as Jesus said, they're easy to chase away because they're not supposed to be there. Let me ask and you this, uh, uh, Douglas. You, you, you mentioned you refer to, to Jesus the Christ as an avatar. But do, do you believe he was, in fact, the Son of God? Actually, same thing. It same is the thing. same thing. Interesting. Yeah, a spiritual being in a physical body having the greatest physical uh, life experience one can hope to have while still in the body. Now, he was extra special. No two ways about that. To say that he was the son of God, well, that opens the door up to interpretations. And I would prefer to say that he was an avatar. He was a perfect being, and he was the first. But he came with a mission to show us, who all of us who live in the dark, uh, the uninitiated or the spiritually dead or the spiritually, you know, um, sort of uh, in, in the darkness, he said, here's the way. I am the light, I am the resurrection, meaning my way, being good and compassionate, and of all the avatars and saints in history, he's the only one that is attributed to compassion. The compassion of the Christ was foremost the thing that separates him from all the other spiritual beings in the past, Moses and the like. And so he, with the compassion, I am the light, I am the way, meaning I am the awareness, I am the consciousness, and if you follow me, if you're compassionate and loving, you will get to heaven. And basically there is no other way. And as a remote viewer, uh, have you have you been there? Have you seen heaven? And if so, what, what does it look like? Well, I can tell you I've seen dimensions where I've seen places where there are three people standing and they looked like they were in Venetian clothes and they were philosophers and whatnot and they looked at me. I was coming up through a cloud and they looked at me and then I realized, how can I be climbing up through a cloud? And I woke up. <laughs> I was in another time uh, where I was uh, uh, seeing these faces and they were beautiful faces and the most important uh, religious experience one can have is a moment I call bliss, where you are completely surrounded by unconditional love. So much so that somebody can say, your car was just stolen, your house burned to the ground, your family run off, uh, and you're all by yourself. And you say, I don't care. I don't want to come back. I am so happy. That moment of bliss in other religions, they uh, account for it. And I think in the Christian religions is when you're in the spirit, it is a moment of absolute, unconditional, pure love. Now, I've seen God's face, and it looks like the sun. It's bright white. And you think it's going to hurt your eyes when you're looking at it. And so twice I've seen it. The first time it kind of moved away and only let me see half of it, knowing I was afraid. And the second time, I could see the gaze of this white, bright light. I've seen other things, the all-seeing eye. I have seen uh, uh, angels where they're, they're one's talking and the other isn't. And they're in a realm that is so peaceful and so quiet. Uh, I've also seen other places that are not so quiet and they're dark. But again, there are many levels, many heavens, if you will, but I have seen the face of God, and I'm not trying to claim it, I'm just, I think this is one of the first times I've ever said it on the air, but I have been visited by Jesus, he showed me a pool of lights where everybody was like little fireflies going in circles, 
And I went over and I looked at him and I said, yes, Master, but what about those people? And I pointed over to some place where it was like a barn and there were chains and whatever, and there were little white pearls in the in the barn. And, and then when I looked around, he, was, he wasn't in front of me anymore, but he gave me a big hug before he left. And that's when I realized that the message he was giving me were all these lights with the people still going in circles and buzzing around in the world down there in this little pond and that I was not to, not to uh, put pearls in front of swine, so to speak. Because I was, out, I was in my cloak and sandals stage. I wanted everybody to find a way. <laughs> right, right, so, as we all do. As uh, we all do. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is uh, with us. The website, Dr. Or, sorry, the website is douglasjamescottrell.com. Let me spell the last name. It's C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L, douglasjamescottrell.com. More of our conversation when The Conspiracy Show returns. Stay with us. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, remote viewer, medical intuitive, clairvoyant uh, author, The Complete New Age Health Guide, New World, and uh, also, well, the, sort of the uh, this this book goes back a few years, but we're talking about uh, uh, the resurrection and and uh, Jesus Christ and so forth, that being Easter time. So, uh, Jesus the Christ, hidden uh, his hidden life and teachings. When did that book come out? Uh, it was more of a book that we've combined them now. It was uh, it's got to be out at least five years. I was thinking longer. Yeah, about five years. Yeah, we were uh, we had mentioned that Jesus was married, and then when that papyrus uh, paper was found referring to Jesus' wife, uh, that confirmed what I had said a couple of years before that. Um, I I feel very close. Uh, I, I would like everybody to see that Jesus the Christ was not some unapproachable uh, uh, high being. He was a real person, and he communicated with people. He went through his Jewish religion uh, ceremonies as he grew up. Uh, he obeyed his uh, the teachings of Moses, and then he became, uh, when his cousin John the Baptist baptized him in the Jordan River, he became Jesus the Christ when that dove or energy from above came down and basically made him the Christ. And that's when his cousin uh, John said, my God, you know, uh, it's you. You're the Messiah, and then he, John had his disciples encourage them to follow Jesus. So Jesus became the Christ at that moment in time. He was spiritually endowed with all the powers of, of, of knowledge of all things and the ability to heal and control things, the weather uh, and everything else. So he was the Christ. He was a matter of God incarnate, if you will. And as such, uh, you know, that particular example is that we too can control our environment we can and should help each other and we should obey and stick to our our uh, religious upbringings but also to understand that he went beyond his religious teachings and he went out into the world teaching uh, as an example as an example to love one another and to forgive our enemies and to always do good or right the idea that he was married, I have to admit, you know, as a Orthodox Christian, it's certainly not part of our faith tradition, and, and it is a very controversial idea for many Christians. Uh, although um, uh, I, I, there was a documentary released not too long ago uh, by a, a gentleman, a Canadian by the name of Simka Yakubovich, who who uh, presented some pretty compelling evidence that uh, that he was married. Um, I mean. Why do you think 
the church. Part, Why do you think the church has such difficulty? Does it change anything if he was married? Well, remember, the uh, it wasn't until uh, 40 or 50 years after his death that Paul the Apostle began to write of it, and the Bibles were... The Bible is a, a series of books written by his disciples, men and women, and throughout history, some of those uh, disciples' writings have disappeared. Uh, and as the Dead Sea Scrolls indicate, there was more of the acceptance of reincarnation. Now, reincarnation is a simple concept if you look at it from a perspective. Well, yeah, that's another matter. I was I was talking about his marriage, but yes, while we're on it, the reincarnation and, and the, the there are there is a school of thought saying that that was. Uh, removed, uh, I guess, during the Nicene Council or perhaps earlier. The whole notion of reincarnation removed from the Bible. So you believe that it was well, part of the teachings? What, well, irrespective of the teachings, because my motto is faith is built upon belief and belief is built upon evidence. Jesus was an example to give us evidence, and no one can advance spiritually unless you have some evidence of the spiritual uh, world consciousness, if you will, and that's why those spiritual gifts are listed in the Corinthian, book of Corinthians, but to the point that if a soul has the ability to come into a physical body, this one that we're in now, who's to say that it can't do it again or that it hasn't done it before? I'm not that connected to God, and I don't know any person in the world who's that connected with God Almighty and the spiritual realms to be able to say, yea or nay, that the, the reincarnation is a is a, uh, in a Christian perspective, uh, non-existent. I, d- I just can't believe it because it doesn't make sense. How can somebody come into a life of pure misery or a child be born and live for six weeks or six months and die and not have the benefit of this physical experience, this lesson or teaching time? So that said, moving back to his being married, he was a Jewish man. He was in a Jewish faith that allowed marriage to their uh, to the rabbis, and he was a rabbi. So there's no reason to say why he wouldn't be married. And he did have some special lady friends around him, didn't he? He did that, yes, he certainly did. Um, what about in some traditions, the idea that, that Jesus Christ traveled during you know those lost years, or perhaps uh, to places like uh, India? What do you think of that? Absolutely. I've done it myself. I have gone to India. I've gone to Spain. I've gone to South America. I've gone to wherever I could find places that I thought were uh, important, where I could find uh, spiritual beings, teachers, mentors, if you will. I went there. Why wouldn't he do that? He went to Greece. Uh, He went to Spain. Uh, he was attempting, I think, in his later life to find the lost tribes of Israel and try to get them to come back and be friends again because they separated under warlike uh, hostility. And I think his, one of his missions personally was to try to get the uh, tribes back together again. All right, listen, but, we're going to take uh, a, a time out, uh, Douglas. When we do, we'll, uh, one more segment awaits, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about um, some other uh, visions remote viewing sessions that you've done, maybe talk about some uh, earth changes and so forth. We'll come back with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down, and it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
Dr. Douglas James Cottrell stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show, Remote Viewer, Medical Intuitive. Uh, tell us about uh, your upcoming event on April the 2nd. This, are you teaching people how to do quantum, quantum meditation? I am, yes. Um, W5 just had something about that there's no way that anybody can see the future. Well, I've said I have seen the future, and we've made predictions on your show for 10, 15, 20 years over the different radio stations we've been on. They've all come, not all of them, but most of them have come true. Uh, we teach people how to do uh, spiritual healing and to develop themselves into the same ability as Edgar Casey, Ross Peterson, or Paul Solomon, and I have done it, and I can prove it. And we can teach people how to look into someone else's uh, physical condition and come up with what the problem is and what remedies to take, even though they've never met the person, which is what I do every day. And on the weekend, on the 2nd, of uh, Saturday, uh, April the 2nd, in Toronto at our, at our home away from home at the uh, Holiday Inn, I will be uh, there with some friends. We'll have other practitioners who will have tables there that people can uh, partake and look at their wares. I'll be doing a lecture. And most importantly, we'll be laying hands on people who request it or would like to experience it. And this is uh, where people might faint or fall down. Uh, certainly, everyone feels better or different. And this is the same practice. Uh, this is our, sort of our Easter time, if you will, our event here in Toronto. And this is something that can be, I think, when you, when you dem- when, it, when it's demonstrated to you, in honesty, without focus, focus, it's explained logically, and then you begin to feel the healing energies or your hands get warm. Uh, more and more people discover that they have this ability, whether they call it Reiki or frantic healing or any kind of laying on of hands. It doesn't matter what the name is. It's that same force that Jesus the Christ was demonstrating. And this is what, in that same way, I'm following the steps of Jesus, if you will. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of that, but I'm trying to do my part in helping. And again, we asked for a contribution to help pay for the room, but I never, ever have set a fee for spiritual healing, ever, because I, I think this is uh, the divine working through me and with my ability to be able to transmute this energy, because I've done it for 40 years, I get really warm, too. And uh, the people who are there, they heat up, they feel the energy. And on Wednesday night at the, at the Mini Mansion Spiritual Center, we have a Wednesday night healing prayer circle, again, at uh, 7.30 till 9, and we do it every week. So it's our weekly church service, if you will. And then these monthly services are extra special. All right. And give us the details on the uh, the, the, the one that's upcoming, downtown Toronto. And this is uh, April the 2nd. It's uh, at uh, around noon till 5 o'clock, uh, noon to 4, actually, a little bit of cleanup time. There'll be people there. And the, the service will be about 1 o'clock or so, so people can come and just come in and enjoy the day. There'll be some very interesting people there. You know, for the future, we're looking at um, the world changing so much uh, that I've predicted this on your show. There's going to be more volcanic activity. There's going to be more earth changes. And the reason all these things are happening is because of the attitude and the hatred and the callousness. This is, this is leading us to a world that's going to fall apart, if you will. The world's going to spin backwards. It's going to, the world is tilting now. The oceans are heating up. The one thing that can stop this, as the Hopi Indians uh, predicted, we have a, a way out. We have an escape hatch. And that is to take care of each other, to stop this. 
this absolute madness that's taking place now in the world. Uh, look at the refugees that need to be taken care of, the ones from Africa going into Europe, never mind Syria. By the way, that was predicted in my book, The New Earth, uh, a couple of years ago. The whole idea that uh, the world is, is spinning out of control, it can be brought in control with one simple thing, and that is to stop corruption. Anybody who can hear my voice, you want to be a better spiritual being, you want to just be a good person, you want to help the world, stop corruption in yourself, your family, your neighborhood, your your business, your your job, wherever you can. Don't be a party to corruption. Avoid it like the plague, and you will change the world. And this is the first thing. Jesus was doing the same. He was stopping corruption. You'll see the stories where he was talking to people about the, the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. And there's a story about a donkey in a hole, and he said to the people, who on the Sabbath would not know and rescue their donkey out of a hole? Is that is that the letter of the law, the spirit of the law, meaning they're not supposed to work on the Sabbath? And if they did, they would be punished severely. So he was trying to be compassionate. He was trying to say, uh, don't give in to corruption. And certainly the way of peace, as he is the Prince of Peace, is the way we should all follow. And again, read First Corinthians chapter 12. All the spiritual gifts are listed there. Don't be afraid to have a revealing prophetic dream. And when somebody does something good for you, be grateful and pass it on, so to speak. It's easy to be just like Jesus. Just be compassionate and respectful, and you become a better person overnight. How do you um, perceive uh, biblical end times, uh, revelation? Do you... I mean, do you subscribe to that? Do you see, yeah. for example, events in the Mideast un unfolding according to prophecy? They have already. Ten years ago or more, we had, uh, when the oil fields were blowing up, we had that sky uh, that was predicted the sky would be dark as night in the middle of the day. That happened. If you go back and look at some of the indicators of what's going to happen, we're there. The earth is heating up. The volcanic activity in the world is enormous. Uh, when volcanic ash fills the sky, uh, it's going to stop the growing seasons. And the oil, when they, the oil wells, when they spill out into the oceans, the oceans are going to go black. These are all the predictions in biblical times that have been foreseen. We're there now. Uh, nation against nation is going to gather all in one force, uh, sorry, one area, and I think that's when we're going to go after the terrorists in the Middle East. But the nations are now gathering. And what is the great evil in the world is terrorism. This is the great beast. If you look at the 666, this is it. The beast is out there right now, and we have to conquer it. And how do we conquer it? By love. But Donald Trump's appearance in the world is foreshadowing the appearance of other strong men. One man in Europe is going to come out in the same way. Uh, businessmen, he's, he's setting the example, I'm, I'm afraid, for people to come out in power and to put forward the same idealism that he's doing. I'm not calling him any names or inferring anything. I'm just saying he's a forerunner for that powerful person, that Antichrist is going to be in Europe coming forward. He's just, he's just setting the stage and showing that there are a lot of, a lot of people who are angry out there, and they're angry at the most vulnerable and weakest people, uh, there, the, the immigrants, and this hatred and this anger. This is giving into the dark side. This is exactly the wrong thing to do. 
and the world is full of it. That's why he's gaining prominence here and why corruption in Africa and other places is taking place. There's African immigrants have been fleeing out of Africa for, for, ten, for the last five years that I know of, and they've been migrating into Spain because of the horrendous conditions in Africa, yet it's quietly done. So the Middle East is the is the uh, fulcrum point. It's the tinderbox, and Turkey. Uh, I've said on your show before, Turkey is the place where, if there's any kind of atomic activity or nuclear activity, that's what's going to start. In Turkey. In Turkey, and if we look to Etna and Mount uh, Vesuvius uh, going off simultaneously, this is the end times of the Earth changes, where horrific. Um, loss of life is going to happen because the oceans are going to rock out of their out of their uh, basins, not because of those the uh, volcanic eruptions, but because they're a sign. Those two going off at the same time, the countdown starts. You, you attribute this cataclysmic event to the the Earth's uh, crust uh, sort of breaking away from the core and sort of spinning out of control. Is that the idea? Well, well, no, I actually saw that in a vision, and, and you were the first radio show I announced it on when you were at the other place. And that was that the Earth's core is spinning at a different speed than the crust. Right, right. And then about two years, I, I remember I challenged Dr. Suzuki on your show to have a look at it. I don't know if he ever did. But a couple of years after that, or five years later, scientists came up and said, yes, indeed, the Earth's core is spinning at a different speed than the crust which, like an orange, we have the center of the orange turning inside the peel of the orange, which means friction, which means heat, and those plates, uh, the African-European plates coming together, the Pacific-North uh, American plate is coming together, and we're going to see the Rocky Mountains collapse. We're going to see the Alps collapse. We're going to see all kinds of things happen instantly, and I don't mean like one second, but instantly over a month or two or some some short period of time because these plates are going to sink and the mountains which used to be below sea sea level are going to just re- return back to their level if you will level um, uh, or that level is the, the same height as they as they were before flat earth so a lot of changes can happen very quickly because of this uh, cauldron of, of molten lava that's you know bubbling up now. New islands, new volcanoes are appearing at the, in the ocean and new land masses are being formed. This so, is what's going on right now. And what about, uh, you know, before all of that, uh, um, do you foresee world war, uh, let's say, within the next five years? I mean, is there, is there any... I've, you... ne- I've, ne- I've never seen a world war. What I've seen is that there, this, uh, there could be atomic explosions in Iran and Iraq and that the oil fields are going to ignite. That's going to cause huge problems, as, as you can logically think, that underneath the, the surface and or these oil streams and pools and, and uh, tunnels can go, uh, you know, there could be huge fires under the surface for uh, thousands of miles even. I haven't seen that. I'm just, I know that there will be, I had a client say that she was looking down, she was in Iraq, she was looking down the ground and she could see everything was on fire underneath, which was adding to the evidence that if there is going to be any kind of terrorism with nuclear bombs, there'll be small dirty bombs that might go off in Turkey, then 
the Middle East is already arming with, uh, in Canada, we've been sending huge uh, armored vehicles over there for the last year or two, brand new ones, and everybody's preparing for this conflict. But what's really going to happen is that in the middle of all this, you know, arrogance of fighting, the world is going to to retaliate. The, the earth has its own consciousness. If you can, it has its own soul, let's say. And it's going to retaliate by spewing out lava and by having earthquakes all around. And the earth is already tilting. We've been warned by the uh, uh, Inuit and also by the uh, natives in, in Norway. The, uh, if I don't want to use Eskimos, but those northern people in, in Norway, they've already said the stars are going south. The Laplanders, I believe. That's, that's it. And the, uh, thank you, Richard. And the, uh, the planet's tilting backwards, which means it's slipping on its axis, which means at any moment it could flip over 90 degrees or even 180 degrees, I don't know, but that's when the oceans will rock out of their basins, basically uh, causing huge problems for people who live along the coastlines. And then the armies and navies will all be used to uh, go into rescue mode and, and try to rescue the people who are in great difficulties. And that's where I think that why there's not going to be a third world war and those predictions of, of uh, people uh, who have left them behind in the Vatican have said that the, uh, the the loss of life is going to be enormous because when the oceans rock, they're going to go inland with tidal waves 100, 200 miles. A lot of people who live along the east coast and west coast of our continent will be gone in a flash. What about, an, uh, we just have a, um, about a minute here. What about the likelihood of some sort of EMP event uh, where it's lights out, grids shut down, uh, throughout North America, even former ABC journalist uh, Ted Koppel, 42 years with uh, ABC, is now sounding the alarms, and he says this is a real and present danger, whether it's created by a, uh, a, a, a mass ejection from the, the sun, a coronal uh, event, or uh, perhaps man-made, the detonation of a, a nuclear bomb over the cent- you know, in the atmosphere. I think that's going to happen, and I think when, this, when, the, when the water recedes, there will be uh, large centers in the middle of the continents, and we're going to we're going to have that blackout. Um, we're going to lose all our co- you know everything now is in computers. We're going to lose it all. All right. Uh, well, on that happy note, <laughs> listen, no, no, <laughs> we've got to. It's all for the better, though. Remember, it's going to bring us back to a thousand years of peace. Remember, this was all God's plan. This is not bad. We can change it if we start loving each other right now, today. We've got to take care of each other right now, today. All right, Douglas. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. God bless. DouglasJamesCottrell.com, my website, strangeplanet.ca. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett. As always, follow the truth.